Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, and HelloFresh present Inside the Nest. A weekly look inside Kennesaw State football. Cooper takes the snap and drops the throw. Here comes the pressure. Airs it far side. It is batted away and picked off in the end zone. The Owls have won it in overtime. Bust out the plank. It was Bryson Armstrong and the Owls in the wildest game in their history. Hold off the Jacksonville State Gamecocks 60-52. to And now let's go inside the nest. Inside the Nest presented by HelloFresh. Brian Giffen with Nathan McCreary. And this would be the playoff edition of Inside the Nest. As the Owls get set for the first round of the FCS playoffs, they travel to Wofford. That is a 4 p.m. game this coming Saturday at Gibbs Stadium in Spartanburg, South Carolina. We'll be on the air with radio coverage from Gibbs Stadium at 3.30 on 12.30 a.m., 106.3 FM, the TuneIn app, as well as, as usual, WFOM.radio.net. Nathan, we look back first at a convincing 42-14 win over Gardner-Webb here. It was senior day. It was important, I think, of course, to win the game and to send the seniors out on a high note. But it was also important to blow these guys out and to, right. to make a statement. Fortunately, the Owls did, and the committee, I think, rightly saw their way through a lot of the white noise that's out there and appropriately put the Owls in the playoffs. Well, you know, and, and I think that uh, going into halftime, I was kind of thinking, and of course I was on the TV side, I was thinking, you can't come out and make this a three-point win. you, no. you got to come out, yeah. and, and, and we've seen Kennesaw State make the adjustments at halftime. And it was no different on Saturday. They came out. They really moved the ball a lot better. Bronson had another big run. Tommy Bryant played exceptionally well with 158 yards rushing. He's just got a grasp of this team right now, and, and he's driving them forward. And, and at the right time, because you saw at North Alabama versus North Alabama and Monmouth and even with Campbell, you saw some moments where you're like, this is not the same team that we recognized early in, this, in the year. I think we're getting back to that with Kennesaw State now. The one thing you'd like to see from Tommy is maybe to have him settle his feet a little bit yeah. better in the pocket and hit wide open targets down the field, which we know he can do. Yeah. The last couple of games, though, he's maybe been a little over anxious or thought the pressure was a little closer to him than it was and has sailed a couple. And, of course, it hasn't mattered given the margins that the Owls have won by. One was a, a clear touchdown uh, in the end zone the other one was a big play down the field and yeah. you're right he's throwing off that back foot when he gets pressure on him and uh he's sailing it over wide open Bronson Recksteiner twice yeah now the other thing is and this is a real positive since halftime of that Campbell game the Owls rediscovered their defense no doubt I mean you know they are like sharks with blood in the water now they've been aggressive they've been very good at open field tackles once you get past that Campbell game and all the things they didn't do well for a couple of weeks there, we call it a lull, call it a lack of focus, whatever it was, it seems as though they have really stepped back into who they are. And I think those two things combined make the Owls a scary team in the playoffs. And There's not a lot of people necessarily that would be that excited to have them on their schedule. No, and I think the one thing that, that uh, Hampton and Gardner-Webb tried to do was drop back. Mm-hmm. We're, when, when you drop back and you have the speed of Kennesaw State defense, they are able to get pressure on the quarterback, whereas what we saw North Alabama do and Monmouth do and Campbell do was the quarterback wasn't holding the ball. They, it, it was out of their hand in a split second. Now, Wofford's a totally different animal. They're a spread option, sure. triple option type offense, so you're not going to see that. This is going to be assignment-type football 
and both offenses, they're going to try and hold the ball as long as they can and drive the field. But I still think you can do some good things because your speed on the edge has been really impressive, and both teams are going to want to establish the running game up the middle. I think the Owls have an advantage with their defensive line. Yeah, it's going to be a real interesting thing to watch, and we'll get into Wofford, of course, as we always do, a little bit more in the final portion of Inside the Nest, more in-depth, that is. But, you know, you do face a veteran-laden senior offensive line against this Wofford mm-hmm. bunch, and tackling is going to be as much at a premium as it's ever been. I think the biggest thing about the playoffs is mistakes. They're so no. magnified on any level and either side – and I think, if, you know, fast starts are another thing. You look for those every week of every season. But I think a fast start, particularly for the road team, becomes a big key in a playoff game because who knows? I mean, that stadium, I think, seats about 8,000, pretty similar to this one that we're sitting in. And who knows, with it being the Thanksgiving break, how well they're going to draw. But in the end, they have the home field advantage. They stay home for Thanksgiving. They don't have to travel. But both teams are playing great going into this game. And Wofford, with the exception of being blown out by Clemson, which is just a check game and one of those South Carolina laws that requires their FBS teams play an in-state FCS team, they've really been on a roll since starting 0-2. The Owls, conversely, have been on a roll since they had the lull in the middle of the season. So you got two teams playing very, very well on both sides of the ball. I think it makes for a very compelling first-round matchup. Well, and you, when you look at the, the schedule that Wofford has, they did start 0-2, and then they lost to South Carolina State and Sanford. And South Carolina State had a pretty good year. Yeah, they were a bubble team. Yeah, Sanford did not have a good year. Losing record. And so, yeah, I think they won three games or whatever. I think it was 5-7, and seven, actually. Oh, it was 5-7. and end. seven. Okay, yeah. so it was a losing record. You got to wonder what happened there early on. But their quarterback, Joe Newman, named Southern Conference Player of the Year, their coach, Josh Conklin, is the coach of the year. I think they've got some really good pieces in place, just like Kennesaw State does, and I think it's going to be a great football team. The rivalry here, because we've already faced them once, and Kennesaw State, I thought, handled Wofford very well and fairly easily the last time we faced them. And I think you look for Kennesaw State to go up there on the road in hostile territory and kind of do the same thing. I really like this matchup for the Owls. Well, the other dynamic that is interesting about this one It's not supposed to be raining sideways over there. That is a large thing. And look, it affected both teams. We know that. That kept the game very close a year ago. And you win a game 13 to 10, it really magnifies that one or two plays that swing the thing. And obviously the one that comes back for me is Anthony Gore forcing that fumble there late in the fourth quarter that led to the game-winning field goal. Otherwise, you're probably looking at an overtime situation against them because in the second half, neither team – I think as much conditions related as anything could move the ball. But you never felt like you were in danger of getting away. No. And that's what you're you right. Fe- that's what you felt like when Monmouth came out came here and defeated the Owls on their own home field. You felt like it was getting away. We haven't really felt that before. I didn't think Wofford you felt like they were going to have a chance to to run us out of our own home field. And I don't think that's the way it's going to be up there either. I just like the matchup. Because of what Tommy Bryant's bringing, the leadership that the offensive line has had, the running backs are blocking a heck of a lot better, and our wide receivers are playing extremely well. Plus, then you got our defense. Our defense is a tops in tons of categories nationally, only now allowing 90 yards on the ground. I think this is going to be very favorable for Kennesaw State. Now you got to go execute, and like you said, no turnovers, no stupid penalties, and I think that you like your chances of going up there. 
No other startup program in the last 20 years, as we talked about Saturday, has more wins in its first five years than Kennesaw State. A record through five years and now going into the playoffs of 47-14. and 14. If you win this game, it makes you the winningest startup program in history, surpassing Georgia Southern's 47-win start way back from 1982 to 86. That's pretty darn elite company. When they start mentioning history, Don Sutton used to tell me all the time, history, yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, that's a pretty long time. And <laughs> and we kind of been following this and tracking this as the season. Actually, a couple years ago when you saw the success, Old Dominion's name keep coming up about you know the most successful, most successful, most successful. Well, now you've got a Kennesaw State team that's constantly and consistently getting to the playoffs. And I think that just getting there isn't the goal, right? Just getting there is not the goal. The goal is to go deep, make a playoff run, and make it run at the national championship. So I think it's great that Kennesaw State's had so much success, not only just in the regular season, but in the playoffs, the two quarterfinal appearances. You can't let that go by the wayside. But what are you going to do in a, in a season like this, which was really supposed to be a rebuilding year for Kennesaw State? You've made it into the playoffs now. Everything else behind you, you can look ahead and maybe make a deep run into the playoffs. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And obviously it all starts with this Wofford game. Nine Owls named to the All-Big South yeah. team at the end of the season. I'm surprised to some degree maybe there weren't a couple of more in there. Yeah, I was too. I mean, they gave Isaac Foster a nod for the special teams. But, yeah, I think that there's a lot of players on this Kennesaw State Owl team that deserve recognition. Really happy for Chris Dye and Jake Lassiter. I think that was well-deserved. Of course, Kareem Taylor is a name that showed up and played big. Levante Larry and, you know, Cole Loden named to the academic team. And he's he's been shown on the field. He's I think he even got a plank one time this year. So uh, he's done some good things on and off the field. Lots of good things happening for Kennesaw State right now. Yeah, and of course, there were multiple Owls named to the second teams in there. The right. two, of course, that stood Bryson Armstrong, Defensive Player of the Year. Nope, no doubt. I certainly voted him that before the season started. Desmond Johnson, another one, no surprise. And Desmond Johnson, even though we haven't called his name as much through the middle part of the season, here late, when you get into these must-win situations, he has really, really come to the fore. He's been forcing fumbles. Yeah. He's been a wrecking machine like you need him to be. He's just always near the ball. There's always near a play when it happens. You look up, and there's 59 somewhere doing something good for Kennesaw State. And we got a chance to talk to Blake Harrell, and we'll have that for the pregame. But Blake Harrell mentioned that Des Johnson has been asked to do so much stuff because of the injuries to yeah. Butcher and the defensive end position, and he's just all about just doing whatever it takes to, to the team where it needs to be and pick up a win. Time for us to take a break. Coming up next, we'll have our Owls Spotlight segment. And today, we'll have not only former Owls player and current Owls assistant coach Jake McKenzie, but also Owls junior running back Shaq Terry, who's become a vocal leader himself mm -hmm. more and more here in the latter part of the season, which is great to see. All of that comes your way after this time out. You're listening to Inside the Nest, and as always, it's presented by HelloFresh. Brian Giffen and Nathan McCreary at Fifth Third Bank Stadium, and we're back with more Inside the Nest after this timeout. You're listening to Kennesaw State University Football. Hey, if you're looking to solve your dinner dilemma and are interested in the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh is your go-to for healthy eating, sustainability, simplicity, and affordability. HelloFresh delivers perfectly portioned meals including calorie smart and vegetarian options as well as plans for specialty diets like keto, vegan, and gluten-free. HelloFresh offers a variety of plans that aren't just healthy for you, 
but also the environment. HelloFresh is trusted by millions as an easy, fun, and affordable way to cook. With more five-star reviews than any other meal kit delivery service, HelloFresh was also voted number one best meal delivery service by USA Today. To check out our affordable plans and learn more about healthy eating made simple, go to HelloFresh.com today. Kennesaw State first-year head coach Amir Abdurrahim and his men's basketball team are underway in 2019. Don't miss your chance to see the new-look Owls as they battle a tough non-conference schedule as well as their always-challenging Atlantic Sun Conference slate. Don't miss your opportunity to catch both the men's and women's teams in action this season. For tickets, contact the Kennesaw State Athletics Ticket Office at 470-KSU-OWLS or go to ksuowls.com slash tickets today. Down, Owls under center is Bryant inside handoff. Rex Steiner breaks into the secondary. Could be gone. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Bronson Rex Steiner. Rex Steiner takes it 65 this time, and it's 41 to 7. Inside the Nest is presented by HelloFresh. Time now for our Owls Spotlight segments. And we begin with Brandon Joseph, who has Jake McKenzie, followed by Nathan McCreary with Shaq Terry. Brandon Joseph here with Coach Jake McKenzie. Now, about a half decade ago, I interviewed you as a player, Jake McKenzie. So it's great to see you coming up and me doing the same things. <laughs> but talk about what it's been like your first year as a graduate assistant here for the Kennesaw State Owls and making that transition from a player now to a coach. I've figured out that there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, behind the scenes that go into it. As a player, you don't really know about, don't really pay attention to. I thought I didn't have much free time as a player. It is way less free time now as a coach, but I've enjoyed every minute of it. I'm with a, with a great group of guys who are helping it be a, an enjoyable experience, and it's been, it's been awesome so far, yeah. So for those who don't know, what are some of your duties as a graduate assistant for the Owls? I help coaching some. I do a lot of organization type stuff, you know, getting schedules ready, getting everything day-to-day type stuff ready, stuff like that. A lot of stuff behind the scenes. I'll help just really anything and everything. Me and uh, Coach Wimberly, the other GA, we'll, we'll do that kind of stuff, help them with recruiting, with graphics, with all that kind of stuff. Just It's anything that needs to be done on a day-to-day basis or when something big is coming up, we're, we're there helping. So for you just leaving the program as a player now transition to coach there's a lot of players you've played with for an extended period of time you know you have to act like it's a translator because you were just there as a player not knowing necessarily what goes into the coaching now on the coaching side being a translator for it right uh, I, f- I feel like I can help some of the guys out you know I think that with me just getting done playing I can like you said I can be that translator I can be kind of the the middleman sometimes you know maybe somebody's struggling with something and they need some help I can come in and you know give them a little a little um, advice from being on the player side and then being able to look back and seeing what I did what I could have changed what uh, what I thought I did well and it helps a little bit that I play with some of them because I got a relationship with them already and I'm just a year or two older than they are so I think it helps the guys uh, be a little more open and since we've got a, got a relationship with each other. You're one of the guys who can speak to multiple positions because you came out of high school playing quarterback and then transitioned into the B-back role so first I want to talk about the quarterbacks and talk about Tommy and Daniel what have you seen from them this year and how they've progressed coming through the program? Sure yeah no I, I think both of them made great strides especially when I was playing to now 
leadership has gotten better. Their command on the field has gotten better. Their presence has gotten better. And their play got better as, as they became starters and played more. And I, I've, been, I've been really, uh, really impressed with that watching them throughout the season. One of the guys that I've gotten a chance to talk to, and I've covered him in high school and his transition into college is Bronson Recksteiner, and then also Kyle Glover. So those two guys, they're really exciting players to watch, especially Bronson finally getting healthy in his senior year. Can you talk about him and what you've seen from him? You know, he had to make that transition from linebacker to running back and then playing behind you. He gives you a lot of credit saying that he learned a lot from you on the field and off. So just talk about those two guys. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm real close to both of them. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really happy with the improvements they've made. They've done great this year, and, and I kind of look at them. They're two different type backs, you know. Bronson's kind of a more of a big hitter you know he can hit a big play quick and then Kyle can uh you know grind it out which Bronson can do that too but Kyle's you know a big grind it out guy and but I really enjoy playing with those guys two hard-nosed guys freaking love to play um but I've been very impressed with what they've done you know improving from last year to this year uh, and really stepping up and becoming those guys in the backfield Two more topics I want to get to. One, it being Thanksgiving weekend, and then two, a very interesting matchup coming up this Saturday against Wofford. For you personally, we'll cover all that, but first, with it being Thanksgiving holiday weekend, what was Thanksgiving like for you growing up? Thanksgiving for me growing up, usually, so since, so I've got three siblings, so we had, you know, I guess our biggest immediate family in the big family, so we, we had, we'd have grandparents, uh, aunts and uncles, all everybody would come to our house. Um, and my mom would make a big spread. She's a freaking phenomenal <laughs> chef, cook, whatever you want to call it. Freaking cooks the best stuff. And everybody would come over and having the whole family there together. I, it's really, really good memories of, of Thanksgiving. Was it a early morning football game or it was just watching football? Well, we watched some football and then me and my brothers would go out and we'd play a little football game our, you know, uh, you know, for ourselves. Uh, don't know how organized it was when we got there and play, uh, but it was it was both. It was a little mixture of both. Okay, we'll play a quick game. Overrated, underrated, rated just right for Thanksgiving. Turkey. Underrated. I don't think people give it enough credit. It's underrated. Ham. I think it's rated just right because the ham is really, really good. Uh, let's go side. Stuffing or dressing, depending on where you're from and how you call it. I call it dressing. I think that's underrated too, you know, but I like to put gravy on I like to put the gravy on the, on the dressing. Okay, sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes, they're probably, they may be a little overrated. I mean, I like them, but I think people like them a little too much, you know? And cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce, I'm not a huge fan. I'll have to go overrated since I'm not a huge fan. And your one dessert choice for Thanksgiving? My mom makes this uh, white white chocolate bread pudding. That would be my choice. Awesome. Now, getting to this week against Wofford 1, where were you and what was your reaction when you found out on Sunday about the playoff seating? Well, I was at the office with everybody else, kind of me and a couple coaches have kind of talked about it we kind of had a feeling we ended up seeing Wofford in the first or at least sometime I didn't think it'd be this early but like you said I have a, a little personal connection to that me and Chandler were tight when we played we lived together for a year but I, I talked to him a little bit that day but it's I'm, I'm excited for it I think it's going to be good a little rematch I actually didn't get to play in it last year that's when I sprained my ankle so I, I didn't get to play but no I, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a, a good one now, did you tell him to pull an Eric Weddle and not give away any trade secrets? Nope. I'm going to let it be. I'm going to let him do what he's got to do. I know he's got a job to do just like me, so I'm going I'm to let him go, you know? But most importantly, this is a Wofford team that runs a triple option. They defend the triple option. So what do you guys have to do as a coach and coaching staff to get the players ready? Because
because everything is going to be the same on both sides. Right. I think getting them ready, you know, won't, won't be the tough part. I think they'll be ready to go first round of the playoffs. A rematch from last year, that was a really hard-fought game, hard-nosed game. I think we won't have a problem with that. I think we'll be ready to go, and, and uh, whatever we end up doing preparation-wise, they'll be ready to go. They'll be locked in. Jake McKenzie, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Nathan McCurry here with running back Shaq Terry. Shaq, just review your position this season and how you think your junior season went. It started off a little slow. It started to pick up as it as it went. Just I'm just here to do my job fully and be here for the guys and hopefully have team success. You were the lone returning starter on this offense. Did you feel pressure to kind of step up and be a leader? No pressure at all. I've always been in these types of moments in these positions, so I'm pretty used to being that type type of guy, and I'm here to farewell. Blocking is key to this position. Do you take pride in the, in the blocking aspect? I definitely take a lot of pride into blocking. You have to have it to even get anything to start up in this type of offense and to give the other guy a chance, at least. So, yeah, I do. A changing quarterback with Tommy Bryant coming in, of course, Daniel David going down. You never want to see a guy get injured. But Tommy Bryant, familiar with this offense, came in and did some good things. Just talk about what Tommy Bryant brings to the field. He brings a little more of quickness to it and a little fire to the game. I love the way he plays and come out here and prepare himself each and every day. I feel like he's a hungry guy. He's humble and he's waited his time and it showed. We were kind of taken aback. We'd seen Bronson Rex Steiner kind of get nicked up last couple of years and had some big runs. How fun is it to watch that big guy run the football? I'm not going to lie to you. Watching him is pretty dang on fun. It's not too often you see a big buff guy running down the field Running like freaking lightning and flash at the same time. It's pretty amazing to me, if you ask. One of the great things about the spread option offense is we get to see the running backs kind of develop. And it looks like Kevin Ficklin was a player that um, we got to see in front of us. And I know that he brings a different kind of aspect. What, what kind of runner is Kevin Ficklin? Kevin Ficklin, he's a tough guy. That's one thing about him. He's always ready to come out here and just give it his all and sacrifice his body for the next guy. That's one thing that he do bring to the table. He's quick. He's physical. And he's just ready to go at all times. And when his number is called, he's going to step up when the time is come. I got to give props to the offensive line because the Big South Offensive Awards were presented this week. And Jake Lassiter and Chris Dye were awarded with first team all-conference. Just talk about the offensive line and how it developed because it was a big question mark coming in the season. Honestly, it's well-deserved for those two guys. They deserve that achievement. They've come out here and grind day in and day out with all the rumors and things going around that the offensive line is young and those guys not knowing the, the plays and stuff, those guys come out here every day and prepare like it's their last. So honestly, those achievements and awards are well-deserved and I'm proud of those guys. This team had some adversity, not winning the Big South, having to have a no Monmouth was gonna get that automatic qualifier. How confident were you that this was a playoff team? When we first played them, I kind of figured they was gonna be somewhat of a competitor to us mm -hmm. and they was gonna give us some type of challenge. So I felt like going back a year ago, playing at their place, they started off with a quick fire, and this go around, they had that same type of fire and they kept it. How about for Kennesaw State, after the season ended, were you pretty confident that you guys were a playoff team? Of course, definitely thought that. All right, so you're gonna get a chance to go to Wofford and play in South Carolina. A very familiar face is gonna be on their sideline with Chandler Burks. What do you think about that? Honestly, it's going to be friendly fun. It's going to be some type of a little argument, a little trash talk here and there. But it's definitely going to be all a lot of fun. And we're proud of Chandler and his accomplishments there also. So, yeah. What do you think this team needs to do to pick up a win on Saturday? 
honestly, we just have to go out there and be more physical and start off fast. We have to hit them in their mouth, and we just got to keep the angry bus and that little bus Coach Bo always talk about going. All right, it is Thanksgiving week. What kind of dessert guy are you on Thanksgiving? I'm more of a pie guy. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really even matter. If you have pie somewhere in the area, I'll take it. <laughs> All right, pie on the table for Thanksgiving. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you and the family, and best of luck on Saturday. Thank you, Sam. Thanks. More of Inside the Nest when we return. This interview brought to you by HelloFresh. Hey, if you're looking to solve your dinner dilemma and are interested in the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh is your go-to for healthy eating, sustainability, simplicity, and affordability. HelloFresh delivers perfectly portioned meals, including calorie-smart and vegetarian options, as well as plans for specialty diets like keto, vegan, and gluten-free. HelloFresh offers a variety of plans that aren't just healthy for you, but also the environment. HelloFresh is trusted by millions as an easy, fun, and affordable way to cook. With more five-star reviews than any other meal kit delivery service, HelloFresh was also voted number one best meal delivery service by USA Today. To check out our affordable plans and learn more about healthy eating made simple, go to HelloFresh.com today. Kennesaw State first-year head coach Amir Abdur-Rahim and his men's basketball team are underway in 2019. Don't miss your chance to see the new look Owls as they battle a tough non-conference schedule as well as their always challenging Atlantic Sun Conference slate. Don't miss your opportunity to catch both the men's and women's teams in action this season. For tickets, contact the Kennesaw State Athletics Ticket Office at 470-KSU-OWLS or go to ksuowls.com slash tickets today. Bicklin motioning toward the formation. Option starting far side. Bryant gets to the edge. He's to the five around the corner. Pylon. Touchdown, Tommy Bryant. And we're back inside the nest. Bryant Giffen, Nathan McCreary. And now we set our sights squarely on the Wofford Terriers. For the second consecutive year, the Owls' first playoff game will take place against Wofford. Of course, last year it was here at fifth third, and it was in the second round because mm -hmm. the Owls were a seed. This year, Wofford, despite being behind the Owls in the rankings, thought of a little bit more highly by the committee, and Wofford was near having a seed. In fact, they weren't especially pleased they didn't get it. But in the end, they're an 8-3 and three football team. One of those losses you have to kick out, it was to Clemson, but they did lose to South Carolina State, as you alluded to earlier in this podcast, and they lost to Samford. The game with South Carolina State was at mm -hmm. SC State. The Samford game was at Gibbs Stadium, so... Samford, as we know, is a program that's generally been really solid. Yeah, they had an off year, but early in the year, they had lost that opener to Youngstown State. Right. They're trying to have a bounce-back game, and they had one at the expense of Wofford. Since then, they have reeled off eight consecutive FCS victories, which, of course, ETSU is not an especially strong program. Mercer is not an especially strong program. You could make the case, in fact, that the SOCON in the big picture – as much as people want to revere it, if you look at the records of the teams, not necessarily that much stronger than the Big South is currently. There's a couple of teams who are really good atop the conference, but there are others that are transitioning. It's the nature of college football. You can make the same case for the Ohio Valley Conference. It was nice to see Austin P has risen right. up, and Southeast Missouri State has risen up. Jacksonville State has fallen off a little bit for the time being. The point I'm making, though, is so much of the Twitterverse and the people out there, I get back to the KSU Envy folks that we <laughs> talked about a week ago. They revere the SoCon. And look, the SoCon's been a great conference for no a long doubt. time. All the respect in the world to the SoCon, but it's not like you're going out and winning a Super Bowl or something by winning the SoCon. You beat the teams you're supposed to. 
You might struggle against a team here and there. That's the nature of college football. But I think for the Owls, the big key is going to be getting off to a good start, minimizing the mistakes, and you can make that case for any team in a playoff game. But I think because of the youth, you sort of flip the coin on this deal. Last year, Kennesaw State was the more experienced, battle-tested in the playoffs group than the group Wofford brought over here. This year, you flip it over a little bit more in Wofford's favor where they have more experience, and it's up to the Owls to bring that athleticism that probably top to bottom along the roster, maybe a little better than what Wofford has. Again, top to bottom. And that's why a fast start and minimizing the mistakes matters so much to a younger team. Yeah, and I think if you if you look at the stats next to each other, total offense for Kennesaw State, you're 19th in the nation, first in the Big South, 437 yards of total offense per game. Wofford's about 425. They're around 30, so pretty equal there. Rushing offense, both these teams are going to be massively. Yeah, they're like one and two. Right? <laughs> like one and two, and, and Kennesaw State one and two, and respectively, for the national ranking as far as offense goes. But then you get into defense, and you start seeing Kennesaw State's defense start separating a little bit because of how much better they've been against the run, how much better they've been against the pass, the turnover margin. Then you start seeing that separation, and I think that Kennesaw State's defense is going to be the real story on Saturday if they want to win their defense has to show up. And what did they do against Gardner-Webb to start the game? You had a big sack. You yeah, had an interception to start the game. You pushed the team behind the sticks, and Gardner-Webb never recovered. We've seen Wofford play teams like VMI and give up 36 points to VMI, who was not a very good football yeah, team. They four did win and seven. Five, yeah, I think they were four and seven, five and seven, whatever. I think Wofford, their defense is vulnerable. If Kennesaw State will play their game, and I think Kennesaw State's defense, if they show up and play like they have in the last couple weeks, you're going to see Kennesaw State walk out of Gibbs Stadium with a victory. Here are Coach Bohannon's thoughts on facing Wofford in the first round. Obviously, exciting time. I I told our guys, you know, there's 125 teams in FCS football, and there's 24 still preparing this week, so we're excited to be a part of that. Anytime you're in the playoffs, it's going to be a, they're all playoff caliber teams. It's going to be a challenge to go on the road to play the Southern Conference champs, who are really a senior-laden football team when you look at them offensively. I think their offensive player of the year is going to be the quarterback who's really making them go, playing extremely well. All five of their guys up front are two- and three-year starters. Their skilled kids have been there and played. They're good players. Defensively, upperclassmen, a few different guys than from last year, but they still got a, a nucleus back. And just about everybody, most of them played against us last year. So they're a really good football team. Obviously, at this point in time of year, it is what it is. We're going to have to go play well, give ourselves a chance to what I call survive and advance this time of year. It's obviously different when you're on Thanksgiving break. Uh, kids aren't in school. It's We're a young football team. They're navigating that a little bit, how to handle your time. Excited about the opportunity. Like I said, there's only 24 teams left, so we're excited to be a part of that and see what we can do. You're going to have to put a greater premium on the open field tackling oh, yeah. than you have all year. You know, the Owls didn't fare especially well, and that may have been as much that lack of purpose and cause, as Coach Bohannon called it, lack of focus that week they had against Monmouth. Didn't fare well against Kenji Bahar, who not only, of course, hurt him throwing the ball, but hurt him running the ball as well. This quarterback is as big a challenge, I think, as any they've faced all year. He's the quintessential dual threat. He's probably stronger as a runner than he is as a thrower. But as Coach made the point earlier in his press conference, he can hit his targets down the field too, and he's been doing it. Yeah, I think he had over 1,000 yards passing. He had 880 yards rushing, which was which led the team. He had 13 touchdowns rushing and like seven or eight touchdown passing. So he's a talented young man. Joe Newman is his name. He's out of Riverdale, Georgia. He's a senior, so he's going to have that senior leadership and experience. But again, 
it goes back to what Kennesaw State does. If the Owls do what they're supposed to do, get pressure on the quarterback. I like what Coach Harrell has been doing, and they're blitzing on both sides and forcing some penetration and forcing some quarterback hurries. My big concern is that secondary for Kennesaw State has been challenged at times, and either a big play has happened or you get a penalty. I think Wofford will challenge our secondary occasionally just because they can. It may be out of necessity, but that's kind of a concern for me. But I don't know. I mean, this Kennesaw State defense has played so well. It's hard to look up and down the roster and think that they can't get this thing done. Well, the other thing is that teams that the Owls did struggle against when they had their rough period tended to dink and dunk and Mm -hmm. throw things underneath in the zone. That's not really the style that Wofford plays, but the style they do play, I still think, puts a huge emphasis on that open field tackling that the Owls did struggle with for a couple of games. Yeah, and I think you're going to see, and of course, Every spread option. We talked to Coach Carol McCray, who was fired at, yeah. at Gardner Webb. He's a great guy. We appreciate talking to us and pregame. Yeah, Carol, a long time. Yeah, he's a good dude, but uh, knows football too. He told us nobody walks into Kennesaw State thinking they know what they're going to do. Kennesaw State spread option is like nothing else he'd ever seen. Yeah. It's not Paul Johnson's. It's not Irk Russell. It's not any of those other spread option type teams. It is a Kennesaw State style offense. And you never know what they'll bring, and they've got a lot of talented athletes. And we saw that with Bronson Recksteiner basically running across the middle. And a couple times he broke free. Man, that's a great weapon to have. Here's a little bit of sound from Wofford now. First of all, Josh Conklin's done a great job over there. He's in his second year as the head coach. He succeeded a legend, Mike Ayers. Mm -hmm. Here is Conklin now. This sound comes from the day that the pairings were announced in the playoffs But here's Conklin making some points that he was a little disappointed they weren't one of the top eight seeds. But in the big picture, his thoughts on being happy being in the playoffs. It's a great accomplishment for our players and and our staff and what we've been able to do this year. And, you know, now the new season starts and the new challenges. And so now we got to go, you know, start our game plan and start our prep. And it's on to the next one. I mean, it's always going to be for us. It's always going to be about getting better as the season goes on. You know, I think that uh, we're playing our best football right now. I think we're playing really good as a football team. We're in the playoffs, and we'll have a chance, and, you know, it's just got to line it up, and you're going to have to go through the best anyway regardless, but I was really proud of the way we responded and just got better as the season went on. Being at home is a good thing, obviously. It's going to be Thanksgiving weekend. We need everybody to get out there and support us. So, you know, it's a good deal. Obviously, we would like to have a seed, but here we are, and we'll go get what we got to get and, and see if we can't make a run here. Jaira Wilson is one of the key guys that makes them go on the defensive side of the ball. Wilson talks about the playoff opportunity, and it's not lost on Wilson or the rest of Wofford that they feel they owe the Owls some payback. It's exciting. I mean, being in the playoffs is, is hard, man. Uh, every single game, you got to take it. Uh, Coach told us at the beginning of the year, there's only 11 opportunities. Every team's only guaranteed 11, and now we're guaranteed a 12, so we're super excited. We feel like we've been kind of overlooked since our first couple of games, but we're ready to go. We're very resilient. We're always talking about battling through adversity. Every game, you're going to have some type of adversity, and then you just got to respond to it, and I feel like that's what we did all year long. At first, I kind of, I didn't really care who we played, but obviously, it's super exciting to kind of get some some payback uh, on, on them from last year. It's, it's going to be a really good game, two really good teams, and really good coaches, so I'm excited. And we talked a lot about Joe Newman, the quarterback at Wofford. Newman was disappointed in his performance a year ago as Wofford lost to the Owls in the playoffs, thereby ending their season. Yeah, I was very disappointed in myself from last year. I kind of hoped for a rematch, but didn't really know if it was going to happen. It's a special opportunity here, you know, to get a rematch and, you know, get a, a, a chance to redeem yourself, you know, in the playoffs. So I'm very excited about the first round. And that Wofford sound coming again from 
the day that the pairings were announced. And we really appreciate the opportunity to add that into this week's Inside the Nest podcast. And if you look down the road, Nathan, I know we can't do that, but how about the possibility, if you do get through this game, of going all the way to Ogden, Utah in December? It definitely was an eye-opener when you saw the the bracket and uh, Weber State waiting there to play the, the winner of Kennesaw State and Wofford. But the Owls have shown they can go across the, the country and, and play. They did it in 15 inches of snow against Montana State two years ago. I really believe that no matter what happens, and you don't want to look past this Saturday, no matter what, I think Kennesaw State is talented enough to make a quarterfinal, semifinal, final run if they play their football game. But they're young, and we expect there's going to be some mistakes. If you can hold it to under four or five penalties per game and no turnovers, I don't see why this team can't make a deep run. The other thing you hope, depending on how it goes, if you do win a couple of games in the playoffs this year, even one, maybe finally some of the white noise stupidity from people that haven't watched closely that are just making observations from afar will start to subside and this program will start to get more of the respect that we certainly biased or not, right. feel like it deserves. It'll never happen. That's wishful thinking. Yeah. You'll always have that white noise uh, chatter about, oh, you're not as good as you think, and the you know what schedule's cracks me not up? this, and the schedule's not that. You know what cracks me up? So I, I was listening to a podcast of a couple of these guys, and look, all due respect to the amount of research they do, everything else, but I would sit here and tell you, neither one of these guys, I'm not going to name names, but neither one of these guys ever strapped on football pads and played the game, for one. And there's no reason that you can't be some level of expert if you didn't. But the point is, they actually were poo-pooing the fact that the Kennesaw State Owls were ranked ninth in the coaches' poll, but 15th in the stats' poll. Well, the stats' poll is guys like them, you know, who who craft their poll. And don't really pay attention to every single game. Sorry, are you asserting that the coaches don't know better (laughs) than – Come on, man. It's the age we live in. I get it. And all that stuff is irrelevant to what happens on Saturday. That'll be determined on the field. A couple of interesting dynamics we at least scratched on earlier. Chandler Burks, the most decorated player in Kennesaw State football history, the brief history of it. Greatest player in the brief history of the program so far, arguably anyway. And he's on the other side. Coach Bohannon and I talked about when we discussed things this morning. I said to Coach, well, it's a dynamic where you sort of root for him now 364 days a year. He said, no, it's more like 51 weeks out of the 52 because you got a whole week to get ready. But Chandler Burks was running the scout team last week for Wofford as they prepared to play the Citadel. And you know that he's running the scout team this week because it's his alma mater. Who knows this offense better than Chandler Burks? You'd figure the Owls will change up a little bit of line of scrimmage terminology, some things like that. You might see a couple of different looks just to kind of throw things off the tracks and give them something they're less likely to expect. Just your thoughts on Chandler Burks being over there. It's kind of surreal that Chandler Burks is preparing to try to beat Kennesaw State. Yeah, and I talked to Taylor Hinkle, great Kennesaw State defensive back, and him and Chandler are very close. And he said they joked early in the year, Kennesaw State and Wofford, they could face each other in the playoffs. And they both said, well, please don't, please. We don't want to have to root against each other. But because you do, you root for – I will always root for Chandler Burks until he plays Kennesaw State. Well, even his parents. I've seen his parents parents commenting on social media, you know, rooting for both. And it's kind of like either way, you know, we'll be – 
somewhat disappointed for mm-hmm. one and happy for the other, but sure. that speaks volumes to the legacy he left here and how much this university matters to not only him but his family. And I know he knows the offense very well, but he also knew the defense. And, and I actually uh, felt like you have a new defensive coordinator, so all that terminology yeah. has changed. So so that's one aspect that he's not going to be able to have the inside game on. But the offense he knows. He knows this offense very well. But it's the spread option offense. And like Carol McRae said, this is Kennesaw State's offense. This offense, even this year, is a little bit different than last year because you don't have the Xavier Harpers and yeah. the Darnell Hollins. One of the Hollins biggest differences, the, ironically, is the guy who knows it the best isn't part of it He's anymore. not a part of it, right. So, <laughs> and, and he knows Tommy Bryan. He know, probably knows his strengths and weaknesses. So there are some things that Chandler's going to be able to bring to Wofford, but you know what? Blake Harrell played in the Southern Conference for years and years and years. He knows that team. He knows that coaching staff inside and out. It's going to be a very interesting tug of war, and we'll see which dynamic comes out ahead. Yeah, and Blake Harrell prepared for Wofford's option for six different yeah, seasons. No doubt. So in the two dynamics, as we keep calling him, I think that one might favor Kennesaw State a little bit. Oh, I think so, we'll too. certainly the, see. The veteran leadership of the coach and the experience, without a doubt. But you know who's sitting there kind of smiling is Weber State because they know they're going to face a spread option team one way or the other, so yeah. they can start practicing now. Yeah, and I don't know how much they would see that out right. there where they are. It certainly was something Montana State hadn't seen no much clue. of. No clue. I think one of the California teams runs it. I'm not certain. I don't recall. Yeah, I know UC Davis does not run, yeah, a, run a spread option. It but, was uh, one of the ones that didn't win a lot. But, okay. yeah, there was one a couple of years ago, I know, that ran it. But, again, it's a very uncommon animal. You are not you don't see it, especially out in the West, very much. Looking back for just one more time at this Gardner-Webb game, and you guys probably had just as much or maybe even more with camera angles and all that stuff how much Gardner Webb was trying their best to upset the Owls at the line of scrimmage that was kind of their defensive strategy coach Bohannon got frustrated with that and finally went and talked to the officials and they put a stop to it but the bad snap over Tommy Bryant's head was one example of it some of the false start penalties early on they were barking out their defensive line calls in a way that simulates a snap count. Right. And it's just part of the gamesmanship you see in college football, I know. They did get flagged one time for snap interference. Actually, twice. Yeah, it was okay. Disconcerting signals was one of them. And snap interference was another. But the point is, that's sometimes some of the gamesmanship, the game within the game that people don't always see. Well, and, and the thing is, like, when you come in and you're facing Kennesaw State and the defense that they have, you have to rely on things like that, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. They did a lot of dancing over there. At one point, I kind of jokingly said, the, oh, my gosh, they're doing the we're only down 29 <laughs> dance over there. We actually mentioned it also. It was a big hit on a uh, special teams play, and the guy gets up pounding his chest. I'm thinking, uh, I don't know, dude. Yeah, You're down by 30-something points. John Facenda a- would say, but as they glanced at the scoreboard, <laughs> the dancing would stop. Yeah. Well, that will about wrap this episode of Inside the Nest. And, Nathan, we're going to have one of these next week one way or the other. But I'm confident, at least, again, like you, if the Owls go over there and play their game, take care of what they can control, get off to a good start, don't turn the ball over, don't dig yourself a hole, in other words, I think the Owls will be fine. And maybe next week we'll be talking about a trip to Ogden, Utah, and you'll be out buying yourself some winter gear. Yeah, well, no matter what, it's going to be a fun atmosphere, fun event. You're right here in your backyard. You kind of want to, as a new program, you want to foster some of these rivalries. And certainly if 
Jacksonville State, 0-2 against Kennesaw State. You want to send the same message to Wofford, make them be 0-2 because you do have them on the schedule over in the next couple of years. Yeah, home and home with yep. Wofford. And I think as we grind further into the future, this could become a very good rivalry. And you could make the case maybe second consecutive year in the playoffs you're really on the doorstep of building a good rivalry with that program, and that can only benefit both. We'll say this, however it goes, they're a classy program, and they're a program that has had a lot of success over the years. And however the game ends, it would not disappoint me at all to see them go on and have a great playoff mm-hmm. run. I just have confidence that that team on Saturday is going to be the Owls. Well, yeah, I, I would be disappointed if Kennesaw State doesn't go up there and pick up a victory. But you will celebrate for Wofford and Chandler. But I really believe it's a good matchup. I think it's a good bracket. And we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. And I don't want the season to end because it's been so fun. But you know, once you get into the playoffs, you almost have to be perfect. Well, we want to say thanks to Jake McKenzie and Shaq Terry for spending time with each of these two guys, Nathan as well as Brandon Joseph. Want to say thanks to Brandon for helping out on this week's Inside the Nest podcast. And thanks to all of you for dialing it up every week. We have a ton of fun doing it. We have no intention to stop anytime soon as we hope this season will continue well into December and beyond, dare I say. But that'll do it for this episode of Inside the Nest. Once again, it's presented by HelloFresh. And we will talk to you Saturday from Gibbs Stadium in Spartanburg, South Carolina, as the Owls take on Wofford in round one of the FCS playoffs. Thanks again for listening. We will talk to you Saturday, everybody. Go Owls. Thank you for listening to Inside the Nest. And tune in all season long for insights and analysis on your 2019 Owls. Inside the Nest is a production of Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, and HelloFresh.